Hello, my name is Rosa Maria Torres with Liberal Studies 301 Equity and Education Project. Today we will discuss the following question. Why do teachers need to address equity and how can I do it? In this very important topic, it comes to mind the discussion of intersectionality. In our discussion in class, intersectionality is defined as the interconnected nature of different social groups such as race, class, gender, as they, of course, apply to individual groups or people, regarded as creating overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination or disadvantage. In our group topic, we give examples of race, culture, sexuality, education, ability, age, gender, ethnicity, culture, which also encompasses many of the things we just discussed, and class. So in this discussion, I think many of these topics overlap and that's the concept of intersectionality. But one that comes to mind and to heart would be class and language slash culture. In the article by Hannon Jones in 2016, in her article, Choosing a School for My Daughter in the Segregated City, she shares her struggle with her husband as her daughter is turning four years old and making the decision of where is the child going to go to school. Now, if we just take a moment and reflect on our own education and our own experiences, when I was four years old, I went to a Head Start preschool program. It was held at the community park. I remember having fun, doing a lot of crafts, maybe not focusing on the process, but on the product. And I liked going to school. But now there are so many choices on where children can go to school. It's not just based on what's your address and what district do you live in. But now it's based on socioeconomic divisions, racial divisions. Hannon Jones continues to share that they live in New York and they, of course, neighboring schools have a high population of African-American students and Latino students but that most of their black or white neighbors 
are sending all of their children to diverse and economically advantaged magnet schools or gifted and talented programs, as it states in her article. Her and her husband were also brought up in different backgrounds. Her husband came from a military family, having different experiences. And Hannon Jones grew up again in a different background, seeing the differences, having her parents in blue collar jobs and having neighbors that maybe were doctors or lawyers, um, more educated careers. So we can see the difference that how we were raised isn't the same advantage or disadvantage as what our children will be experiencing. Also in the article by Collins, Collins also discusses the different dimensions of oppression and also the differences in power and privilege, as well as the common ground of finding empathy that we can all base upon so we can have a coalition on common grounds. This brings to mind my experience and hearing my mother's stories of when she first came to this country. She worked in a home as their maid, a Jewish family. They were the Jacksons. And she shared many experiences of their culture, of their religion, of their customs, but never once mentioned or stated that there was any maybe discrimination or ever looked down upon. If anything, my mom was considered part of the family. The Jacksons had two sons and she got to see them grow up. In referring to building empathy by Collins in the article, Collins explains, empathy begins with taking an interest in the facts of other people's lives, both as individuals and as groups. So in continuing to answer the question, why do teachers need to address equity and how can I do it? And in looking at the examples of intersectionality, we have many things that join us and bind us together. And we also have many differences. 
Young children learn so much from their parents and their environment of how we look at each other, how we look at other people. And even though there are examples of, in my day, gender only being considered male and female, the topic of understanding that there are people that may feel that they're gender neutral or they may be transgender woman or transgender male. It's not just based on your sexual organs. It's also based on the chromosomes, genes, hormones, and of course their secondary sex characteristics. This is just one example of being aware of our differences. So how are we going to support our students in this diverse world? Well, in these courses, I've realized that I have to be aware of what I know and what I don't know. I do understand that there are different religious practices that we, of course, have to respect. We have to acknowledge I have students that may not eat pork or any type of gelatin in their food because of their religious and or cultural practices, and that's okay. I may have a family that has two moms or two dads, and that child shouldn't be treated any differently because of that. I might have a family that both parents are working, the babysitter might bring the child to school, and that doesn't make any difference to a single mom or either having a mom that works and the dad brings the child to school every day. So how does that translate to the classroom? What would they exactly do or not do to help support equity. Well, one thing I have stopped doing since taking this course is lining up children based on boys and girls. It was a very popular practice in preschool, but taking this course and realizing that's not the only way of looking and dividing students. We can talk about who's wearing white clothes, who has stripes, who has uh, stars on their shirt or their shoes, who likes apples, who likes bananas, whose name has two syllables, whose name has more than two syllables to line up and get ready to go to outside time. So in a classroom, Setting up some norms, some rules, depending on how you might share it with your students. Explaining that we will all treat each other with respect, that we are all different, and we're all the same. As well as being aware as a teacher what my lesson plan will be, how I'll share information, what is culturally appropriate, 
culturally sensitive. Being aware that each child and family have different practices and one is neither better than the other. Another thing I try to be aware of is our community. Who is in our surroundings? Who is in our community? Not just people, but businesses. Is there a library nearby? Is there a park nearby? Are there certain festivities that happen in our community? Being an employee at the Lawndale Elementary School District, Lawndale is called the heart of the South Bay. They do have their special events. They used to have a farmer's market once a week, but they at least now have their new community building. So they do have karate classes there. They have a senior center there. They have Padet Florcorico there, other classes, after school programs. Being aware of what the community offers and does that reflect our community? I am concerned, however, when I begin to teach elementary school, how different that will be from being in a preschool classroom setting. In preschool, um, children are very accepting, in my opinion, very open, very loving, and they do take us for face value in, in saying that we're going to be respectful, we're going to be kind, we're going to be safe in the classroom, and giving them specific examples of that. But elementary school students have already started to formulate learning from their parents or their surroundings, their environment, what is appropriate, what's not appropriate. And it could be based on color of skin, it could be based on language, it could be based on accent, it could be based on ability versus disability, it could be based on how people are dressed. I am thankful, however, that taking this course, discussing these topics, is beginning to prepare me for the challenges that each of us will have to take. So how can I address equity? First of all, being aware of all of these topics. Being sensitive that a topic needs to be appropriate, respectful, and I have to admit when I don't know a certain culture, I don't know about a certain Uh, subgroup in religion. I may not know all of the cultural traits and ethnicity and being respectful and asking and finding out what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. 
I am thankful. I have a student currently. that has uh, comes from a Muslim background and the father being very respectful explained to me that he cannot shake a woman's hand that that's not appropriate his wife can also she cannot shake a male teacher's hand that would not be appropriate once that was clarified we had uh, better respect for each other So in conclusion, there are small steps that we can take to promote equity, to promote diversity in classrooms. And as a saying once said, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time?